Hello and welcome to the Bama Beat Basketball Podcast from Todd Sports, brought to you by Wickles Pickles and Home Field Apparel. I am Hunter Johnson. I'm joined as always by Cecil Hurt. Cecil, how are we doing? Great. Doing well. Just like doing we all well. thought back Thanks in for... just like we all thought back in December, Alabama has won the SEC regular season championship and the SEC tournament for the first time in 30 years. Just an unbelievable weekend in Nashville. Absolutely. But before we get started, let me thank everybody for all the the traffic likes, Twitter, Tide Sports, uh, tremendous amount of interest this weekend. And thank you for going to the various sites or to the Twitter account, my, mine, Tide Sports, um, and keeping up with it because people were really not just interested, but invested in it, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. And as always, you can listen to this podcast on Tidesports.com or Spotify or um, iTunes, any, anywhere you get your, your podcasts. Uh, but, yeah, it was an amazing weekend. Um, I had a freaking blast in Nashville. <laughs> I've been going to the SEC tournament for years and, and years and, you know, been waiting you know, to see how I'm finally break through and win one. I was not there in 02 when they almost did and lost to Mississippi State. But yeah, it was just, and it wasn't just like oh, Alabama won. You had two really, really exciting basketball games too. You did. Were you were you up Friday morning? Were you I was. Yes. State? So the, yeah, yeah. So we'll get we can go and get started with that. Alabama yeah. plays Mississippi State. First of all, you, you know, we talked about it in the last podcast. A little bit worried about the potential of an Alabama Kentucky matchup, just because you know Alabama's had such problems with Kentucky in the SEC tournament. Well, Mississippi State took care of that. Thankfully, didn't have to worry about that. But yet, still, Mississippi State looked pretty good um, against Kentucky. So you were a little bit worried. And Alabama pretty much put all those worries away pretty quickly. They did. They took care of the 11 a.m. jinx, if it was a jinx, um, that primarily stemmed from the Oklahoma. I think that Oklahoma game was what most people would hang that on that in the Missouri game, I guess. The uh, rest of the tip-off times hadn't seemed to matter that much, but they were certainly ready to play on Friday. Uh, came out dominated. Went on two different twenty-point runs in the first half, or essential twenty. I think one of them was twenty-one to two. Um, so game was over at halftime. Um, Definitely. Only and they only give up nineteen points. Also, when your sure. offense is clicking so pretty efficiently, right. yeah. Alabama was down four to three. Right. With, like, with um, I think that was with about three minutes in and never trailed again. Um, at the 10 minute mark, Alabama, I think this is probably the run you're talking about, went on a 25 to three run. Right. Um, to kind of put things, you know, really just put it away. Uh, Alabama still, though, did not like, didn't shoot like great. It wasn't like one of those, you know, Georgia games or LSU games where Alabama comes out and shoots over 50% from three. Alabama was 13 to 36 for 36 percent from three. So that, I mean, average, but um, mm-hmm. really just did a lot of other things. Created a lot with their defense, um, and, and almost a hard game to measure because uh, he, Nate Oates really was substituting pretty freely in the second half to to have guys rested for the next two days. Uh, Nate himself said, you know, Herb. If if the purpose of being in Nashville had been to get Herb a triple double, Herb could have gotten a triple double. In yeah, that game. Um, Herb Herb finished with eight points, eight re. Or, I'm sorry, seven rebounds and seven assists. 
In, no turnovers also. In 17 minutes, right? Correct. Yeah. Only uh, only one guy played over 20 minutes, and that was Quinterly. He only had Bruner only had to play 13. Shaq played 18. Petty played 19. Primo played 19. Uh, Herb played 17. Bruner, yeah, like I said, Bruner only played 13. So minutes were in abundance um, for, for for guys. You had you know, uh, Keon Ambrose Hilton got some early minutes. Uh, let's see, Darius uh, Miles got some early minutes. Uh, I thought that was kind of good to get those guys in, involved. In, at least they they have SC tournament experience now. Right, and and particularly with the way the tournament worked out. You know, they contributed. They they were part of winning the championship. So good for them. I, and Britton Johnson and, and um, the rest of the walk-ons as well. Tyler Barnes scored his first. Tyler Barnes. Absolutely. So I was very, very happy for him. And I'm pretty sure I think we drew up a play. I think Nate like, called a play <laughs> for him to get that. He really wanted it to happen for him. I um, think so. Yeah, like you said – the defense is what created the offense. Alabama had uh, 30 points off of turnovers, and that'll that'll typically win you some basketball games. It will. Held, held Mississippi State to 0.73 points per possession, which is an elite, elite defense. And if they got a little rest in that game, uh, they were going to need it with what was coming up the next two games. For sure, for sure. So Alabama plays Tennessee on Saturday at noon, so not the 11 a.m., but still early. Mm-hmm. Um Tennessee opens. Alabama gets the first bucket, and Tennessee responds with a thirteen to two run. Um, this was so it, it was a little a little dicey in this game. It um, was. Alabama, first of all, Fulkerson was out, and Primo was out. Um, Primo was out for Alabama with the knee. Uh, Fulkerson with the with the, the facial head. injury. The yeah. head. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't know if you were watching that game. I'm not a hundred percent sure that I think Omar Payne and Fulkerson had been jockeying around in the post. You know, that's the way Fulkerson plays. He's physical. He'll put his hands on you in the way Omar plays. I don't think Omar meant to put the elbow right in the eye like uh-huh. he did. I think he was trying um, to get him off of it. I think, yeah, might, he might now, I'm not excusing it. Um, it was clearly a flagrant two. The second might one was been, too much. Yes, absolutely. Might have been trying to get him in the ribs, you know, or, or body shot just to, to send a message and instead got up high. You got to be careful about that, too. Um, I do think that the league office should have some discretion in that. You know, there, there are, there are, football players, defensive football players who are having to miss the next game or half the next game with no ill intent whatsoever, you know, with just not proper technique or, or, you know, a close targeting call, they get a targeting call. Um, but I think if, if you took your director of officials and your, your, um, director of basketball and looked at that play, you could say, I don't think anybody would have felt the sec was wrong to say that's a, flagrant two that merits a um, disqualification for the next game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Which would have been their NCAA game. And I'm not, you know, I, I've got no dog in the hunt about Florida's NCAA game, but there's just no, you know, you just got to control yourself more so than that. Right. Right. So Alabama, um, I think at halftime, let me see what that halftime score was. Uh Halftime, um, the score was 
40 to 31. So Alabama cut the lead. It was single digits. And so, you know, you really just want to kind of win mm-hmm. those first. Had, had a pretty good little run the last two minutes of the first half, I thought. Right. Yeah, played a little better. And then. So you want to you win those first four minutes. Well, you don't really initially. Uh, the first no. two, the first like minute and a half really. Yeah, it was the first two. Right at first three minutes really sucked. As Alabama gets down 48 to 33, things right. are not looking good. It's 48-33 with uh, 17 minutes left in the, in the second half, and Alabama promptly goes in a 14 nothing run. Cuts uh, it to and, and and I am not being 48 to 33. I, I think even even died in the wool Alabama fans, even people that that have loved Alabama basketball, they were like, "Well, I've seen this before." Here we go, you know, we'll get a good seed and, right. and um, you know, just couldn't put two games together. I um, had resigned myself to the point where, all right, at least we're not going to get the championship game and lose. So give us an extra day to get ready. <laughs> right. I'm totally, I'm bargaining here. Yeah. We'll be okay. Like, we're still going to get the two seeds. And then, boom, go on a run. Uh, right. 14 nothing, like I said. Uh, right. And two, two things on Tennessee. First, this was not a case of Tennessee, you know, not caring, not wanting to win. This is a big game for Tennessee. You could tell they were fired up when they came out, and fired up through the game. Second, now they have had some is- some offensive issues this year, and, and Alabama exploited that. Alabama exploited half. that. Yeah. For the game, they, they were .89 points per possession, but the second half, I believe it was .73, which was this the same stat that Alabama had against Mississippi State. So, like, just elite-level defense in the second half. Right. And, and Tennessee has some very talented guys, very talented offensive players. Each Pond's not really on offense so much as on defense. But, but you know, the, they've got those two freshmen who are both really good. Vescovi, you kind of had the feeling that Vescovi wouldn't keep shooting the ball in the second half the way he did in the first half. And, yeah. And yet you bring up a good point about the first half and that they were, it was almost like you, I think you tweeted something like this. It was like Rick Barnes was trying to shove the analytics in, in NATO's face pretty much. I mean, they were mid ranging us to death. It was like death by mid range jump shot. Now the key to that, I think, and I think me and you talked about this offline is mm-hmm. that Alabama was, Alabama had a hand that these were guarded shots typically like these eight footers and a lot of them were fadeaways, but the issue was Alabama was able to, was letting Tennessee get the ball in these spots. And then in the second half, they're not letting them get it in that spot. And when they are taking those contested shots, they're not making them. They weren't falling the way they were in the first half. So you had to think that, like, eventually they would stop making shots. Right. You And, and you weren't counting on – although <laughs> Tennessee in that game and, – and this goes both ways. Alabama's had shots too, but they had – they banked in a three in the first half. Had one go off at the top of the backboard. Had, had yeah, had Vescovi throw a knuckleball up there from 25 feet that absolutely died flat on the rim, you know, like like a Phil Necro pitch that mm-hmm. and, and rolled through. Um, and then late in the game, when the game's still on the line, Pons steps out there and hits a three, which you'll and give he Pons, Pons a three every time. Me and my buddy, we had just been talking about how broke his shot was and how, like, man, you got to give him shots. <laughs> and then he just drains and we're like, well, crap. Right. Um, so, tremendous- so you weren't yeah. counting on all those going in, but they do sometimes. And, and right. Um, that's part of it. But I didn't think, 
I didn't think all the ponds did step out and hit a three. I didn't think Tennessee had the guy, you know, who said, I'm taking the ball. Um, 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 you know, the Admiral Schofield kind of guy who said, you're just going to have to stop me here at the mm-hmm. end. And uh, I, I think that's something that um, they'll need to address going forward in the, in the tournament. They got a right. good seed. They got a five mm-hmm. seed. So. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. Uh, tremendous game from Herb Jones. Again, Herb with 21 points, uh, 13 rebounds, four assists, uh, just a, a great job from him. Um, and then Quinterly, I thought was really, you know, Quinterly just starts coming along and the tournament ends up being the MVP uh, with 19 points in 30 minutes, uh, just played really, really well. Um, and this was a, this was a case of Alabama, again, not shooting the ball that well. Seven of 28 from three for 25 percent. Tennessee's a good defensive team. So, like, you understand that a little bit more. But it was another case. And we'll talk about this when we talk about the Nets game of Alabama not being able to sh- not being not shooting the ball great, but just grinding to a win. I agree with that. The one thing I want to mention, and you you tweeted this. So who was the dog of the game? The the big oh, dog. It was the, it was Keon the junk the junkyard dog. Keon Ellis in twenty seven minutes. Um, his stat line's not like particularly great, except when you get to the rebounds. Dude has eight rebounds, and he's like six five, six six. Right. And they were, I mean, three of them were offensive. Um, the dude hit free throws when we needed him to make free throws. Hit a three when we needed him to make a three. He only has seven points, but he was just like absolute nails in that second and, half. And you you talked about them not shooting the mid range, the two, as well in the second half, as well in the well. Who did they put on Keon Johnson? Yep, yeah, he was he was Gary Payton gloving him up. He was he was gloving him up. Then when Ticket Gaines, who who I do not, I felt bad for, for him. I felt awful for Devontae Gaines. Yeah, that was you know, yeah, to to be in that situation. And, and I don't even criticize Rick for. Rick Barnes for that decision because he put him in there to defend and he's a good defender. So you want to, you want to have a good defender and, and got, they got to stop, you know, and, I mean, he, and so he played one minute and he did miss two free throws and, and they and he weren't going to, he had two blocks. Right. And, and they weren't going to come down and run some kind of offensive set for him. You know, he wasn't going to have the ball probably on offense. So you just don't anticipate him getting fouled 75 feet from the goal. Um, right. but he was ice cold. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he in, in the negative connotation. Uh, but who goes up and gets the rebound? And I mean, they're scratching at him, grabbing at him, bigger guys, and right on the baseline, Keon Ellis. Yep. Yeah, six four, six five. Keeps his balance, keeps his head, makes a good pass out of there. Doesn't just try and sling it to get rid of it. Um, makes a good pass to to get the ball forward. And little plays like that make the difference. For so, sure, for sure. I, I thought Keon was, uh, he was huge in that guy. And so I remember after the game, I'm going and talking to some some friends, and we're talking about how like, that's one of the best Alabama SEC tournament games in a long, long time. You know, the way we battled, it was just a Absolutely, until the, yeah. until the next until day. Until the next day. <laughs> the next day. Um, so Alabama's, you know, and real quick, I, I meant to talk about it earlier. The, I don't know if you stayed for them. I did. The Friday night games on that other side of the bracket were really, really good. You had um, 
Missouri and Arkansas came mm-hmm. down to the wire. LSU will miss also came down to the wire. Both just really, really entertaining basketball games. Right. Um, right. Which end up with LSU and Arkansas. Um, also, which was takeaway, also a good game. It was, it was. Another takeaway from this tournament that I have is that Arkansas fans suck. Uh, they really, <laughs> they're awful. Not, <laughs> not a big fan. They, they really, and, and some, some of them are my dear friends and, and, um, I'm not going to generalize about the whole fan base, but they certainly they they certainly <laughs> they certainly had some individuals who acted like they had achieved something this year that they did not achieve. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting. They, there. they didn't. They didn't win the regular season. They didn't win the tournament. You know, that they beat Alabama in Fayetteville. And, and it's and like they completely forgot good, that Alabama destroyed good, them in Tuscaloosa. Just crushed them in Tuscaloosa. Um, yeah, like, I, I was up in a club level, and I had this Arkansas fan see my shirt. And just, oh, yeah, we beat y'all. I'm like, we just, did you watch the first? Did you watch basketball in January? Because we absolutely destroyed y'all. He's like, we didn't have our best player. And I was like, you had Moses Moody. Is that not your best player? That's the guy who you think should be the SC player of the year. And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, but we didn't have Justin Smith. I was like, well, yeah, just go away. Um, and then also, everybody I'm doesn't just, have somebody. Alabama didn't right. have Alabama didn't have Jordan Bruner either. Exactly. Um, I was sitting up at, watching that LSU Arkansas game and had Arkansas fans behind me. I swear, every time they came down the court, these guys are like, "All right, get, just get to the line, draw a foul, draw a foul." Like that's like their only like that's what they want. And it's all about officiating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, sorry for that. Uh, that's that's uh, again. Uh, yeah, that's just some individuals. But yes, they they. Um, <laughs> they acted like they had the um, they had the attitude of Alabama with the accomplishments of Ole Miss. Yeah, so no, was not happy. Was not unhappy to see them leave. Uh, and you felt better about Alabama playing LSU just because Alabama's beaten LSU twice this year. But as you, as we saw in that game, you knew that LSU has the talent. And one thing that I've said about LSU all year is that I felt like if you they were not good at facing adversity and that if you punch them in the mouth, they would, they would just fall down. They'd be done. Not they, Sunday. They, not Sunday. Not they, they showed me something on, on Sunday, um, Alabama, you know, you have the pregame melee that you just, you know, not melee. That's a little much, but like the teams drawing plenty of drawing, plenty of John with coaching staffs involved as well. Um, and I mean, there's these guys know each other, but, and so I don't think it ever would have gotten anything out of hand, but it, it was just we know it's part of it happened because these guys are so familiar with each other. Um, and so Alabama you know, jumps out to an 8-0 lead and you know, the, the place. And I don't know what you thought. I thought that Bridgestone Arena was about probably 85, 15 Alabama fans, LSU fans. The Gumps came out. The Gumps bought up the tickets. Um, the, 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 the North Alabama group was yes, props well represented. Alabama. Huntsville, Decatur, Florence, they were there. Yeah, I saw it was pretty cool. I was walking into the arena, saw a lot of uh, or several like uh, like Walmart football jerseys. And I was like, yeah, the mm-hmm. gums came out today. It's good to see them. <laughs> um, so, we're, we're joking how like some of these guys probably have no idea who like Jawan Gary is. But yeah, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. You know, like they were here to support the Tide. Um, so Alabama jumps out to that 8-0 lead, and then, I mean, LSU just bounces, you know, right back and gets back in the game. Um, it was just kind of a back and forth. I mean, it was really just back and forth for the majority uh, of the game. Uh, Alabama, are, let's see, got down four 
in the second half with, with 10 minutes left, 60 to 46. And that was Alabama's lowest win probability. And then right. from then on, Alabama would get up by four. And you'd think, like, all right, Alabama might pull away right now. And right. then LSU would, would, would answer somehow, whether it was a, a Watford three. And then those last those last three minutes were just wild. The, the whole game, but, yeah, the last three minutes. And that that was a game uh, – was on with with um, Pat Bradley and Chris Childers earlier this week, and and I tried to explain. If you were watching that game in a sports bar in Pocatello, Idaho, you'd say, "Man, this is a great game. This has been a great game." Without knowing any of the backstories, you know, mm-hmm. of Trenton Watford or or the previous two games or um, any of that, but people who knew, I mean. Herb and Trendon Watford, who who would probably tell you right now, oh man, I love Trendon, I love Herb. They've known each other since the ninth grade, you know, and played AAU and so forth, and and um, are friends and would hug each other off the court. Um, and they were going, I mean, as hard as you could possibly compete. Best game, and I've seen Trendon for a long time. Um, going back to high school, best game I've ever seen him play, certainly. And, and I don't think it was for lack of defense on Alabama's case, whether it would be Herb who had him some, Alex Reese had him a good bit. And I felt like Alex yeah. was like, was guard, I mean, guarding his ass off against him. Wofford was just like making shots. Like he was just in a zone that I've never seen him in before. There's there's so much in that game. And, and it, yeah, it gets packed into one possession game. It gets packed into that. And, there's so many things you want to mention. Here's a, here's one you never thought you would hear me say, probably, or, or a lot of Alabama fans. There's about two and a half minutes left, a little more, and Herb and, uh, Herb and Trenton are going at it, and Doug Shouse calls the foul on Herb. And Herb really reacts because he's frustrated, you know, he's, I mean, because they're competing at such a high level and Doug does the right thing. He, he tells Herb, he gives Herb a warning, doesn't call a technical, you know, doesn't and, and calms him down. That's good officiating. So credit to. I thought Doug. the game was really well officiated yeah. both ways. Um, yeah. I thought that they did a great job of letting the guys play. And that example, that's a prime example of it. And that I think these official officials, it was Pat Adams, Don Daly, and Doug Shouse. I think they knew that this was a really, really high level basketball game, right. and they did not need to get in the way of it. But but then then Herb channels that frustration has the tremendous dunk down on the other end. Um, Watford comes back and scores. I mean, they are going at it. And you, you can almost go down the whole Alabama roster and, and find something. Petty did not have his best shooting night, but he defended. He really right. defended. Um, the guy who was, you know, one way LSU can kill you is is if you let Days and Watford dominate you on the board because Days is a big, you know, he didn't play in Tuscaloosa. Big part of what they do, he's not the scorer that the other three are, Smart and Cam Thomas and, and Watford. But Juwan Gary went in there and just stopped that. Seven just, offensive rebounds. Including the one, watch the one where he outfights a bigger guy 
pulls it away, gets it to Reese in the corner or to Shaq in the corner for a clutch three. And that's all Juwan Gary's work. That's mm-hmm. all hard work from him. So Quinterly, you know, Cam Thomas would make a 25 footer and Quinterly would come right back and answer with a three. Um, so just, just like heavyweights, just giving it everything they had. And, and now Cam Thomas, he, he's not going <laughs> to, he's, he's never going to lead whatever league he plays in and assists, but he gets the ball. They got a chance to score. He actually had two. I was actually kind of surprised to see that. Hey, that's pretty generous. That's, yeah. that's like that's like Christmas and Mardi Gras for Cam, rolled into one. Yeah. Um, um, Javante Smart. Say, say what you want. Say what you want about the backstory. Um, say what you want about his ass size. He played it off. He 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 played it off. Yeah, twenty one and seven. A, yeah, whether it was huge or not. Um, yeah, so so those three guys were were just tremendous, and Alabama just had guys rise up and match them. Whether it was Herb, whether it was Quinterly, whether it was Juwan Gary with Keon again, or even Alex Reese. Alex, Alex Reese, Reese two, of, two, two of five from three. And if you t- if, three, if Alex yeah. Reese is going to shoot two of five from three moving forward, that's really damn good for this basketball team. Sure, sure. Um, and then it still comes down. Uh, they made him LSU botch the inbounds pass. I don't know what they were going to try and run. They're First of all, let's say great, great move by Herb getting the ball with Alabama down by one, getting the ball and going 94 feet Euro step. He was just like, I'm going to score. Yeah. Just like yeah. determined. Right. Gets the layup. They go down with the possession with 19 seconds left. Uh, the dog inside, steps up. Working inside. Who blocks the shot? The dog. Keon Ellis blocks the shot, so they've got seven seconds. 6.6, I think. I double-checked that. But seven seconds left, and they they don't throw – wherever the inbounds pass is supposed to go, it didn't go there. Right. It was too long, and I don't – so with what happened, I don't fault Watford for what he did. He had to get a shot up and give right. his guys a chance to maybe get a tip in. That was right. You know, it's kind of what you wanted, and it smarter, it, smarter to shoot happen. it right, smarter to shoot it with two point five than it is to hold it to zero point five. Right. Um, Herb gets a fingertip. I mean, extends and just gets enough to leave it short, and Andre Hyatt gets it. And so I was mentioning earlier about the Tennessee three-pointers that, that oh, they bank one in and they so forth. Andre Hyatt's right there. I mean, he's right in front. Um, there's nobody there to block it. And it gets the rim on both sides and bounces out. The only guy you had down there fighting for Bama was like Shaq, I think. So props right. to him because he at least made him work. Right. To, you know, and then that last one, they just kind of throw up and it hits the corner between, you know, between the backboard and the rim. And – then horn sounds and pandemonium, everybody just going nuts with a, just absolute elation. Stayed on the floor for a long time, took pictures, um, made sure everybody got a piece of the net, made sure everybody got some confetti. Um, Hell, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, really I was I was cursing because I was having to write three stories simultaneously, um, you know. But that that was fine too, and because it's just so hard on deadline to get all the things we're discussing about that game here. We could talk about there are other things. We're not getting it all by any stretch, you know. Shaq, you you mentioned down there on the tip end, and also some some big threes in the second half. No, don't want to ignore that um and and that and even that you know and then you had of course you had um nate was clearly pretty fired up (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) afterwards um i I mentioned to you i said you know you keep your mask up and you don't have that problem (laughs) america (laughs) america lip reading problem um so that you know that's extracurricular Stuff that people are interested in, I understand that on the on Twitter and so forth. But yeah, you know, it was just such a the ninety four feet, you know, on the on the hardwood was just such a great game that you know that was where most of my thoughts were. Um, yeah, I I thought it's the best SEC tournament game of my lifetime that you know I remember watching. Like I don't remember watching the ninety one or ninety two semifinal against Arkansas, uh, but I you know this was. And it's got to be, I mean, from, I don't really remember the 95 Arkansas-Kentucky final. That's widely regarded as one of the best finals of all time. This has got to be up there with it. Yeah, you know, the Texas A&M game in St. Louis, which was sexed and buzzer beater and exciting, but it was not a game that was played at that level. Right. Yeah. And I would also say, like, the, you know, the, I think, 2010 um, SEC uh, champion, the tournament championship game, it was Mississippi State and Kentucky, I believe. That had a wild ending. But it wasn't like Mississippi State was a great basketball team that year. Uh, I mean, Kentucky definitely was. But this was just different because you had two pretty high-level teams just trading body blows. High-level teams that, that are rivals, the schools are rivals. Um, certainly, Alabama's LSU's biggest rival. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, so... Lots of emotion, lots of personal emotions. Uh, I agree with you. I, I give LSU some some big props for taking every punch, showing some pride, fighting that thing until until there's a tip in at the end on the rim, and it's either going to go in or come out. And um, so, part of the reason it was a great game was because they played great. Part of it for was sure. Because Alabama played great. For sure. Um, and uh, this, we talked about this with the Tennessee game. Another example of Alabama just not shooting great, but grinding their ass off for a win, like doing what they had to do to get a W. And that was what was so like, that was kind of, I think, part of the reason I got a little emotional was just like how, like, our guys just like refused to lose for both those games. Just like, we're, I'm like, you know, we are not going to lose. We're going to do the things that it takes to win this basketball game, even if we're not necessarily in the, in the ends of the Tennessee game not really playing our best game. We're just going to do what we have to do to win. Um, and it made me really, really excited for what we're going to talk about after the break, which is the NCAA tournament. So we'll take it a quick break. And, and, and one, one quick thing before the break, it, you know, and not to make a, a fog comparison, but I think one reason that people have embraced this team, and, and they embrace this football team, there's no question about that. But, Ultimately, in football, you you look out there, even against Ohio State, even against Florida, even against Georgia, uh, you say, you know, 
if both teams play up to their potential, uh, Alabama will probably be okay. Um, you know, in basketball, they had had to find ways and fight and, you know, battle and, and um, two different ways to success. And certainly Alabama football is tough and physical. That's not what I'm saying. They, they grind you down too. Um, but two different ways to, to win conference championships. And um, I think there's something to be said for both. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment with more of the Bama Beat Basketball Podcast from Todd Sports, brought to you by Wiggles Pickles and Home Field Apparel. Welcome back to the Bama Beat Basketball Podcast from Todd Sports, brought to you by Wiggles Pickles and Home Field Apparel. Quick word on Wickles Pickles. Wickles, wickedly delicious pickles, relishes, okra, and much more. Wickles are proud to be Alabama-owned and made using a family recipe 90 years in the making. From Saturday sandwiches to Christmas dinner, their secret recipe used to be reserved for family and friends who were lucky enough to get a jar. But since 1998, they've been bringing the sweet, heat, and bold and tangy recipes into your home. Learn more about them at wicklespickles.com and find them in your local store in the pickle aisle. Let's get wicked. Cecil, I'm excited to take some Wickles Pickles to Indianapolis for the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Good. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got sponsors up there, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, we got Homefield up there too. So right. See if I can get up, get up with Connor, maybe hang out. Take. I need to take him some Wickles, probably. You do. You do. Yeah. I think that would be good. Good synergy. Yeah. Um, between our two sponsors. Yeah. So Alabama gets, and everybody, you know, I still feel like, let's say that. After Alabama beat Tennessee, I felt like we were going to be the top two seed. I felt like that was pretty certain. If you lose that Tennessee right. game, you might flip and end up in Illinois' bracket. But um, and even after winning, you really thought, like, with the way the Big Ten tournament went, there was really no chance of Alabama getting a one. That's okay. And so you're the, you're the, you know, the number – the best two seed. Um, and Alabama gets matched up with – and this – people were you know, worried about because it's Rick Pitino. But, like, there were some other options that would have been much worse – Matchups for Alabama. Alabama obviously is playing Iona on Saturday at, I believe, 3 o'clock Central. Yes. Um, Iona is, you know, they have two senior guards. I mean, obviously, I have not watched them one time this year. But they have two senior guards that are pretty good for them. And um, Isaiah do. Ross and Asante Gist. And, you know, that I will say this. Teams with senior guards, that's kind of the the, the – recipe for an upset in the NCAA tournament when you have experienced guard play. Right. Um, that said, Alabama should, should, should beat Iona. Um, but just look kind of looking ahead. We can talk more about Iona if you want. I just don't know anything else about them. Well, but, just real quick that they only played 17 games this year because of COVID Rick Patino today said they missed 50 practices this year. Um, so, so, but, but then they got in their conference tournament, the four teams they had to beat, I'm sure. And this is no knock on the other Mac MAAC coaches who I couldn't name, but I'm sure Iona had a coaching advantage in most of those tournament games. Um, and I'm, I'm just looking so, at it right now. The top team in Kim Palm that they've played so far, they played Seton Hall early. Uh, then they played. They opened with Seton Hall. So that, all right, that's the best. They lost to them by 22. That's the only other, power power six as you go in basketball. Uh, other than that, the top opponent is number 186, Siena. Right. And a lot of people then, were 
a lot of people were picking Sienna to be in the field. A lot of people were picking them to play Alabama. Mm-hmm. So um, didn't make it. But yeah, they did play Seton Hall and, and were representative. Lost by 20 mm-hmm. um, you know, in their first game. So um, yeah, they're, they'll have crafty guards. I, I don't know that, I mean, they can't match Alabama athletically or depth wise or um, any other way. Patino was good. He he did a Zoom call today for about thirty minutes. It sounded like you were getting a lot of quotes out of it. I saw a lot of tweets. Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, <laughs> he he definitely remembered that nineteen eighty seven game, but he he pointed out that they shot sixty eight percent in that game um, with Donovan and Delray Brooks. So well. He he did not anticipate Iona shooting 68% on Saturday. Yeah. For the year from three, they're shooting um, 36%. Yeah, they would pretty much have to double that. Um, Yeah, the the one – Yeah, they turn it over a lot. Yeah. I mean a lot. (laughs) Yeah, they're 322nd in turnover percentage on offense. Yeah, so – I would suspect part of that is the the missing games, missing practice time, and so forth. But you know, if they turn it over twenty five times against Alabama, it's going to be a, a tough no, no chance at all. Yeah, right. Um, they are two hundred and tenth in offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm, and one hundred sixty first in defense. Um, and really, the most glaring stat is that what you said the um, the turnover thing. They all, they don't foul a ton. Um, so that, that's some, that's something that's, to be said for that. That That's a little different. I don't know how they get, what kind of whistle they get, you know, Rick's, Rick's teams at Kentucky. Um, you know, they were, they were, they were going to foul until they stopped calling. They, they were of the foul every time because they're not going to call everyone. Right. Variety on defense, especially. And in Rupp arena, double, especially. In the Metro Atlantic, you know, that those refs are a little bit afraid of Patino. They're getting calls now. Maybe. So it's maybe kind of talking about – go ahead. Or, or maybe it's just a different, you know, level of athlete. They just let them play, you right. know. So looking at Alabama's draw, I like it. The one thing that does scare me, I don't love UConn being a seven that, – that potential second-round matchup. UConn is number 16 in Kempom. Um, so that's a little bit – a little bit scary. I, I I don't hate the Texas draw. Um, and then you look at the one seed up at the top of the brackets, Michigan, who is, I think it's clearly the, 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 I don't want to say worse, but like the most vulnerable of the one seeds. And they don't have, you know, one of their better players and you don't know when that guy's going to be back. So all in all, like you like, I like the draw. I feel pretty good about it. Would love to see Maryland take down, uh, Take down UConn. Galen Smith. Galen Smith there for Maryland. Remind me now, when when Alabama played Rhode Island a few years ago, um, you got on Danny Hurley pretty good, I thought. Yeah, I didn't like him at all. But now I feel like I can't can't do that anymore because Oates and the Hurleys are tight. So I have to like, I just have to like assimilate. Yeah. Danny Hurley, he was just like, he sucked. I just did not like him at all. (laughs) Well, we'll see. That'll be a good game. I mean, that's a good matchup. And apparently Turgeon will talk, too, so maybe they'll get into it. You know, how how they'll play. I, Alabama got a pretty good first-hand look and scout on Texas 
in the Maui, in Asheville, Maui, mm-hmm. but the Maui. And Texas is really good, really athletic up front. Um, one, they won it. You know, they won the Maui. So, really good team. Um, Michigan, I, I have not seen as much of Michigan. I've seen some. Um, I'm, you know, AP voter. I'm going to watch those teams. Played a great game against Ohio State um, a couple of weeks ago that I got to see some of. Their injury situation, livers being hurt, doesn't help them. Um, and and again, the the team in that side, I, I don't I don't know about round four. LSU can beat anybody. They can Agreed. beat anybody. They can also lose to Saint Bonaventure. Saint Bonaventure. I've seen several brackets and that it have Saint Bonaventure make it to the Elite Eight because um, Saint Bonaventure's good. So I mean, there's a lot obviously moving pieces. I think Florida State has a chance to make it make it to the Elite Eight. Very very big, very athletic. Um, so that they've got a chance. So um, you just play who's in front of them. You know, you just play Iona and let the rest of it shake out. I will say that obviously I'm gumping probably as hard as I ever have right now um, in terms of Alabama basketball. And it was just it kind of hit me today as I'm going through and looking at a lot of bracket projections. It just hit me like, first of all, there's a one there's a non-zero chance that Alabama could win a national championship. And I realize I'm getting way too far ahead, but like let's just look right. at it. There is a non-zero chance. Like it is a possibility. And the fact is that there are non-gumps, just completely unbiased journalists who are actually picking Alabama to to make the final four. I mean, we've become a sexy pick to make the final four. And I've seen several brackets from like again, unbiased journalists that have Alabama winning the national title. Um, yeah, so it's just I, like it's just incredible. Like it's just it makes my glump get my gump gland just huge. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it, in some ways it's easier for those guys than if you watch every play of every game. You know, because you you find yourself getting hypercritical. You know, they turned the ball over too much against Georgia. They they didn't rebound well enough um, against Missouri. You know, and and so you find that. Or Petty's not shooting the ball well. Sm- like, Petty's not yeah. shooting the ball yet. Now I think everybody agrees um, that if if he starts stroking it from three again, they can beat anybody. I mean, they can and man, that's anybody. that's the thing. I, I, I'm expecting a big tournament from John Petty. He's been there before. He's had a you know he had a big game against Virginia Tech uh, three years ago. So I'm very excited to see John Petty back in the NCAA tournament somewhere that he's had success before. So um, Cecil and I are heading, hopefully, I, I still have something I might have to tend to, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be heading with Cecil up to Indianapolis on Friday, spending the weekend up there, excited to get up there. Um, I've been to, it's been a long time since I've been in India. I think last time I was in India was like in 2008. I went up there for a, for a Wilco and Radiohead show. Cool town, got a cool downtown. Um, so yeah, excited to get up there. I saw Eastern Michigan play, Alabama played at Illinois in the NIT. Yeah. And um, Is that ninety six. Yeah, and and I think it was Mississippi State was playing up there, and the SID helped me get a credential to drive over from Bloomington, Illinois, to Indianapolis, and watch watch the Eastern Michigan just waylay Duke was the game I remember of the the sessions that I that I watched um, at the big arena, which I was probably Market Square at that point. 
So they didn't play at the RCA Dome. It was actually the, no, the or it I can't remember which configuration it was. It was a dome, or you know, a, a, so it was RCA Dome, I guess. Yeah, it was RCA Dome then. Yeah, um, not Lucas Oil. So, um, but I've never been to Hinkle Fieldhouse, and you've never even been in the building. No, uh, no, oh, it's laid eyes on it. It's awesome, and like that was. In fact, Cecil actually called me when the bracket came out, or when the locations came out to let me know that we were playing at Hinkle because I had told him weeks ago that man I would love to see Alabama play basketball in Hinkle Fieldhouse such a cool building um, we stopped there on the way from uh, Tuscaloosa to South Bend and Alabama played basketball up there and played against Notre Dame in December of 2006 we got a tour um, on our way up there and just a really really cool building historic building actually if you look at Coleman Coliseum and Hinkle Fieldhouse actually designed very similarly I believe that Coleman was actually designed after Hinkle, like it was supposed to in terms of the seating arrangement. But obviously Hinkle's Hinkle has the raised court. Um, it's just a, it's going to be really really cool to watch Alabama play basketball there. It will be. It will be. Um, I, I guess the the you know everybody watched Butler in the Brad Stevens years, and so uh, I guess the Alabama player with the most experience for. Hinkle Fieldhouse would be, would be Avery Jukes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Jukesy. You know, there's always a connection. That's the great thing. There's a connection. And you've also got they the connection play. with Ronald Norad grew up a huge Ronald Norad. Ended, yeah. ended up playing. I, mean, I so guarantee that Ronald, will be when he's not coaching, will be watching the Alabama. We'll be watching that game. Every yeah. game has a connection, whether it's Patino at Iona. Uh, you know, if you advance to play Maryland, then Galen Smith's playing for them. If you play um, UConn, then then Oates and Hurley are connected, and so every game's got something uh, that that either in history or or the current roster or um, something going for it. So so that's part of the fun. That's part of the yeah. excitement. Well, man, this is the longest one we've done in a while, dude. Well, a lot to pack in. We did have a lot to talk in. about. Lot to talk about. So, all right, you got anything else, dude? No. Um, everybody, be safe. We're 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 recording Tuesday. Uh, everybody, be safe Wednesday. Um, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be rough. rough. You know, we've all we've all been through it before. Know what you can and can't do. Um, charge up your charge up your devices tonight, and um, everybody, be safe. All right, well, this has been the Bama Beat Basketball Podcast and Todd Sports, brought to you by Homefield Apparel and Wickles Pickles.